Hello and welcome to our Children's Rights in Action podcast series. Here at Children's Parliament, we believe that children should grow up in a world of love, happiness and understanding. Our mission is to inspire greater awareness and understanding of the power of children's human rights and to support the implementation of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, the UNCRC, into Scots law. We're looking forward to sharing this with you through our conversations. Today we want to focus on how we make children's rights real by sharing with you a conversation we had with one of our brilliant unfairties in Aberdeen, Elaine Allen. Hi Elaine, it's lovely to see you again, even though it's on screen and not face to face. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Uh, it's been a strange uh, 18 months, two years, but... Uh, but a busy one and a good one and it's lovely yeah. to have you in this conversation today so thank you for your time oh thank you for asking me pleasure um so you um were a champion in one of our Aberdeen programs and, and that's how we met a few years ago and today we'd really like to reflect on what you've been up to uh, since that time uh, when you were working with us in Aberdeen so just to give a little bit of background, um, the programme Imagining Aberdeen began, oh, it was in 2016, and we worked with 300 children across the city, um, and they, um, they came together to imagine what they would want Aberdeen to be like if it was happy, healthy and safe for everybody. And then we had a cohort of about 20 children who we called the Imagineers, and they developed this amazing mural with their messages of how they wanted their city uh, to be, which they took to decision makers across the city and went on to inform, I think, the children's um, services plan for Aberdeen. And then in 20, sort of 1920, we brought a, a new cohort of children together to explore some of the, the, the key um, areas of the, the improvement plan um, of Aberdeen. And that's when you came and joined us as a, as a champion. And we worked together with a cohort of children to sort of, to really sort of look at what the priorities were for Aberdeen and what were children's views uh, for those priorities. Um, it'd be lovely to hear from you to, to tell people uh, a little bit about your role and, and what you're up to and, and kind of why we invited you to be a champion. Really, it started when I had a dual role as lead nurse for school nursing in Aberdeen City. And at that time, I also had a seconded post as a lecturer for um, the master's programme for advancing nursing practice in Robert Gordon University. So I had a foot in two camps, if you like. Um, and I kind of got invited as both in both roles. Um, so um, I was really looking forward to actually meeting children and young people because basically my whole career has been based on children and young people services. Um, starting as a registered nurse, I want to become a midwife, health visitor, health visitor for special, special um, needs or learning disabilities at that time. And then I, I took up a post as um, a development officer in a social inclusion partnership um, for early years and that really taught me a lot more about the importance of consulting with um, the public and making sure that everybody's involved. So I was always interested in that aspect and also interested in children and young people. So my role now is basically um, 
concentrating on the education part. So as I said, I'm a lecturer at Robert Gordon University. So I coordinate the school nursing module, um, which is the last module of the whole programme, which is pulling all the components together. And then in addition to that, I design the contents of modules with um, my team and we have external examiners and um, NHS education from Scotland that have to approve all of that. So it gives me quite a powerful position to be able to act as a child's voice in that respect. At least that's what I know now. I didn't know that when I started. <laughs> All I wanted to do was go along and find out what the meeting was about. But very soon I got caught up in the, um, I suppose, the passion of the children and young people. And they were quite inspirational, really, for me. And it becomes quite um I suppose an emotional thing as well, because I know it sounds a cliche term, but children are our future. I think COP26. <laughs> They've certainly shone some lights on the on the core issues there, haven't they? Well, it was wonderful to have you as a champion alongside colleagues from the council and uh, colleagues in, in the police force to sit down with children and to really hear what was important for them in terms of developing services for children. Um, what was your, um, what did you find the experience of being a champion like in the in those first few sessions with the children what what are, what, do, what do you remember most about the sessions with the children well i remember most um i think one of the first I, you call them icebreakers but it was like getting to know the children because i think the last thing i wanted to do when i went in was for them to feel that oh, okay here's adults who potentially they might be quite nervous about meeting um having experienced that with adults when I worked in a social inclusion partnership, it was almost like we had to um, support them and nurture them to be able to feel that they were equal on an equal footing. So that was my thoughts going in and I soon found it was the right thing to be thinking because um, everybody was asked what they wanted to be when they grew up. And that was really interesting that the children wanted to know that and what they wanted to be when they grew up as well. So for me, I suddenly was taken back to my own childhood and how I felt. And that was a real big lesson. And all the way through, what I felt was that you were very gently, but determinedly being pulled in to what the children and young people wanted out of the whole experience. It's easy on hindsight, but basically it wasn't just a jolly out mm. and fun away from your desk. It was it was complete fun, but it was a connection that I realized I miss. Uh, and I missed being in a role that wasn't so involved with people and children in particular. Yeah, and children's paramount. Um, always looks to take a children's rights-based approach and we use the Convention on the Rights of the Child as the framework for our work. And, and we, we do really try to create that sort of environment where children feel uh, safe and supported and, and, and equal. And, and the, the space in which you inhibit with children is really important and the language that you use and the cultural environment is, is really important. Was there anything about um, the sort of the programme, the, the approach that sort of um, stood out to you or you felt was important part of the process? 
I definitely think that the children had been um, supported to have a voice. I think they, uh, they were very confident. They knew their rights. They knew all about getting it right for every child and everything that comes from that. So it, it was really... Um, for me, it was about making sure that their voice was heard. I felt that I became an advocate and a strong advocate in my mind, not necessarily, I wasn't necessarily as successful as I could be, but you know, in my mind, I was taken away, well, okay, if they're asking for this and having listened, um, I felt that I had to become an advocate um, so that I could influence and bring the message out from within, if you like because children's rights are the most important thing. I'm, I'm really um, keen that um, everybody is aware that the school nursing role itself um, is underpinned by the United Nations Convention of the Rights of the Child. But sometimes it's such a huge, difficult document to read and I'm a bit of an anorak. I like all the little bitties. Mm -hmm. So I pick them out. And so child's rights are completely embedded in that. So that's something that I, was able to take back to practice, but also to education, which will influence practice and practitioners. Well, that's something I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about, because the concept of having champions for that program was was to listen to the children, be alongside the children in the in the here and now, and to take key messages back um, to the to the council in terms of service planning going forward. But it was also about how the champions. Um, would embed and take children's rights and children's participation forward beyond the project and and sometimes that's hard to do and sometimes we're not very successful in that but um well we know from your work that you've you've it's very much stayed with you and then there's very much part of what you do going forward so would we'd love to hear what you've been up to and how you've championed sort of children's rights and participation in your roles going forward since that time uh, well, I guess since that time, I went back and spoke to sort of my, my colleagues, first and foremost. Um, and, and in that, those terms, that was the school nurse team that I was leading. Um, and they were very keen to meet these, the children and young people and hold workshops to find out what the children wanted from them. So that was my first thing that I thought I had to tackle. And then in my education role, um, I spoke to my IT colleagues um, a very good supporter at that time was um, Errol Lauders, who um, very much supported me to um, think about actually not just doing the workshops, but was it potential for a video of the workshops that could then be used for material in the module that I was designing um, so that student school nurses who are post-registered nurses and then will become specialists could learn about children's rights but hearing it not from me not from this boring face <laughs> but from the children themselves um, and I thought fantastic that is a really powerful way that we could go forward so um, then the hard bit started because there was negotiate the negotiations with was there any funding no it was resources that we had and use what we had so Robert Gordon University um, were very, very supportive and they were very, I would say, generous with actually giving us support to, to do the video. And equally, um, NHS Grampian were supportive and they were really keen to get the message across and embed it into um, the, 
practice on, on the ground for school nurses. So it was good in three respects because it, it gave me the opportunity to influence the new school, school nurse role, which is cell 13, which I was also leading in NHS Grampian at the time. So that meant it could go regionally. It was it started off as this tiny seed and then it, it's grown like a little see a bit like an olive tree now we'll hopefully get some olive oil at the end of this I mean, you oil the wheels to keep it going um and people were really quite um enthusiastic so um i guess it's the children's messages in that video that came across really clearly and i shared that with NHS Grampian with my colleagues in um, Robert Gordon University and it's become part of the module now, not just the video, but the whole concept of children's right underpins the whole of the training for school nursing um, and it's going to be a school, a school wide um, process, everybody within the school um, is going to have a presentation from myself that Errol will have participated in um, so that they're aware of the rights of children and the promise and all the important issues that are out there for children that we need to get better. So um, they've asked me to do it. I haven't, I've kind of tried to hide a bit, but there's no escape. And NHS Education for Scotland are very interested to get this out there. And also um, SAFNA, who are an organisation that's UK-wide, um, that is a charity that publishes um, issues around up-and-coming issues that are important for children and young people. It's amazing. So it's amazing from how it's, you know, it's it's gone from your participation in a local project which had impact in its in its service planning sort of function, but then has gone on to inform school nursing practice and the training of school nurses. And I, I remember some of the conversations during and after the programme with the, with the children and yourself and being quite sort of, um, not taken aback, but uh, struck by how important the school nurse role is to children in their school settings. Um, and what, some of their ideas for how that role could um, be better understood, more known, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what, what were some of the key things you remember that the children said about the school nurse role that has stuck with you? Um, oh, some of the um, some of the ideas were absolutely incredible. Um, one in particular was that they want to see more of school nurses. They want to see them really visible in school and know how to get in touch with them. And, and if there's a referral of any type, they can refer themselves as well. Children have the ability to do that, just to know about it. And they wanted to know, so how do school nurses know, know about us? How do they get to know about us? And then what really interested me more than that was, we want to get to know school nurses, not just as a nurse, but as a person. They want to get to know people who are treating them as a person and um, play with them as well. So the younger ones wanted them to be around so they could play. And I think they were trying to say that we communicate better when we play and when it's not so structured and easy access, getting easy access to school nurses. But they were very keen that, and they knew that school nurses could help them with 
their emotions as they pointed out. Because I asked, what do school nurses need to learn about? And they said, they need to know about emotions. That was the first thing, you know? And I thought, wow, that is really a powerful thing to say. Yeah. Um, was it made me quite story. emotional hearing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, very aware of the importance of um, positive mental health and well-being and how, how um, school nurses can play a, a role in, in that and in a proactive way. I thought that was some one of the interesting insights from the children as well. Yeah, and I suppose, especially since we didn't expect COVID at the start, mm. and since COVID, we're aware that, you know, the needs of children are even greater than before. So, yeah, it, also it, the funny bit was um, they want that the school nurse to be the one person to wear that funky piece of clothing that they've got. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. You mentioned COVID there. Do, you know, do you feel that there's been much of a you know how has COVID had an impact on your on your role I, I'm thinking lead school nurse or your, the lecturing side is it has it has it brought a different or a different dimension that you have to consider? I think the main um, dimension that it's brought is that we can we can be smarter when we're really up against it um, I think that children potentially have had less access to school nursing, especially when the schools were closed for the lockdown. There were a lot of issues, I think, that cropped up for children and young people, and indeed their parents, trying to juggle so much that um, we had to get more clever about how we could engage and ensure that people could engage. So there's near me consultations that can happen with, um, you know, um, children and young people and their families so that they can meet online. But then there was the understanding that, yeah, well, not really poor children, you know, people come from vulnerable families and maybe don't have that luxury is in an, and it is a luxury, might not have access. So we'll have to think about how we make sure they get that. And for students, we're an online, we were always, Robert Gordon University in a way has been ahead of the curve um, in many respects, because most of the teaching that we do is online anyway. So we were pretty much set up to deliver services. And because of the additional resources that were, were actually built in from the children's, um, you know, the, being a champion and adding in, um, children's rights was always there, but making it more visible, then in a way there's been positives and negatives, but definitely we're all aware that children's um, health and wellbeing has been very vastly affected. I mean, one of the other things was that it kind of really pulled at my heartstrings was um, children need enough to eat. And that came from the children themselves. You know, so and we know that there's a lot more um, food banks and everything that are necessary now. So, yeah, it should be a learning point to us all, including politicians and governments. Yeah. And I think you made a really strong point there about by knowing about your rights, sometimes you do see an increase in referrals or a sharing of, of, of challenges. But that that is a good thing. That, you know, it is important yes, it that the is. baseline is children knowing their their rights and that gives them a, 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 a strength and a knowledge from which to sort of say, well, that's my right and I'm not getting it. I, I you know, and have 
somebody close to them that they can hopefully talk to about that yeah. I'm really I'm really um uh you know quite excited by the the fact that you've taken the children's rights perspective into the training that you do of of nurses of for tomorrow of school nurses for tomorrow and and that you're bringing that rights sort of perspective into your into that module that you teach in the at Robert Gordon University have you had any um challenges or any sort of surprises to that in terms of you know bringing that rights perspective into your training of nurses has it has it been very welcomed and or have you had any sort of oh I've never come across that before or why are we doing that no it's I, I'm I mean I'm happily it's been very welcomed and um, I wrote an article that was published in um, one of the nursing magazines the British Journal of Child Health and the title is Giving Children a Voice Through Partnership. And it's a, right, a rights-based approach to the co-design of postgraduate nurse education. So now that's interesting. U universities out with Robert Gordon's as well. So again, we're growing arms and legs. So it's, it's great. And it really outlines the whole process of how to include children and young people's uh, voices within designing modules. So I'm really happy about that. It's been really welcomed. I've had amazing feedback I've been really quite taken aback by it and um, I mean from there we've actually been asked if there's PhD um, studies that could be done around um, school nursing and the rights of children etc so um, just last week one of my colleagues was putting a call out for what they might be so I've responded oh, so brilliant. you never know that's brilliant I was going to ask you what the what the impact, what do you feel has been the impact of this, this championing of children's rights in your role has, has been, but I suppose that's one is, is it's a greater interest from others, both in terms of the academic side of it, but also in terms of the, the practice. Um, but yeah, what, what, would you, what would you say at this stage do you feel has been the impact of taking this sort of rights-based approach to your roles? I guess it's it's actually raising awareness of the importance of it, I think. And people, it's not that people don't want to know. It's just that sometimes they just aren't as quite aware of it. Because I've had that experience meeting the children, it made a huge impact. So I think the work, if we, if, if we cannot lose involving children, that's the, the, the worry. Because I know that things and initiatives become short-term funded. Um, it's just about how we keep the momentum going and it's not adults that then take it forward. There's still that child's voice and it's their participation that's included. So I'm hoping that's what the outcomes will be in the future. Yes, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I feel that, you know, the demonstration work that we might often lead um, with, with funding from a council or a public body um, is, is about demonstrating and bringing it to life, like hopefully... Um, we've done with yourself and other champions but it's got to be sustained isn't it we need mechanisms that are every day that are in the school setting in the council setting um, and are not short-term funded projects we need we need that sort of that sort of everyday needs to be an everyday experience that children's participation engagement in sort of service planning development delivery we're not quite there yet hopefully with the incorporation of the convention of the rights of the child into law we'll start to see more and more strengthening, I think, of uh, participatory sort of uh, approaches uh, in service planning. I don't know if, you've, if you're seeing that yet or, or you're hoping 
to see more of that with the incorporation of um, the Convention on the Rights of the Child? I'm very hopeful. I hope yeah. so. I, I hope it doesn't just become a political football. Yeah, it's a cultural change we want. I feel, Elaine. It's yeah. it's how we how we value children, how we treat them as equals in our everyday life. We have their best interests at heart. It's it's a cultural change. I think we're wanting yeah. to drive rather than the the legalities of it all. Yeah, I think that's just a red herring, isn't it? It's it's a mindset. Or is it, or, or I sometimes feel it's a heart set, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a heart set. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. we see we see you as a wonderful unfair to Elaine, as somebody <laughs> who champions children's rights in their in in their lives and in their professional roles. And and uh, we want to see all of Scotland and all of the adults of Scotland to become unfairties and and to stand up for and champion children. Um how, how do you think you we can get others to join our, our, our band of unfairties? Well, it's funny you should say that because um, I'll have to send you a presentation that I'm doing just shortly. And the last slide is inviting people to become an unfairty. And I mention, I also mention it at certain meetings that I go to when there's council reps, etc. you know. Mm -hmm. And it's always welcoming. I don't know how many it's instigating, but, you know, Yes, we've got to keep asking. <laughs> we've got to keep asking. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, Elaine, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's been really lovely talking to you. I can't believe, you know, year two years on from when we first met, you're championing children's rights and the role of school nurses in the in the in the training of school nurses. It's such an important role. And I'm sure you're doing it in every walk of your life as well. So please keep doing it. Get others to join the, the band of unfairties because I think collectively we'll get that culture change that we want so all children can grow up happy healthy and safe so a huge thank you to you oh thank you thank you for being interested in what's been happening pleasure speak soon bye thank you ever so much for listening to today's episode if you'd like to learn more about our work please visit www.childrensparliament.org.uk